Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Let me pray before I get into the Word. Lord, God, I, I, I just humbly um, come to you this morning, Jesus, just as your servant, as your messenger, as your daughter, just as your daughter. And I pray, Father God, that you will release all that you have for us this morning. You already have been, and I ask for the fullness of what you're doing today, God. Lord, it is not about me up here. It's, it's all about you, Jesus. And Father, you have things that you wanna say to each and every one of us today. And Lord, I ask God that you come, Holy Spirit, and um, pour out what you're wanting to pour out today. I cannot do this without you, Father. We all need you, Jesus. Father, come, Holy Spirit, we invite you into this house today, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Well, um, a few weeks ago, I was heading out to, from my house onto a prayer walk. And I, and I often go to Narangba Lakes on my prayer walk. I've been doing that for a few years now. And I, that day, I felt to take, um, I just wanted to go and feed the ducks like, who enjoys just feeding ducks? It just, was, it just brings me joy. That week, I'm like, I just want something that will bring me some joy and that will delight my soul. So I'm like, I'm just going to go and feed some ducks at the pond. That'll be a bit fun. So I went to the fridge and um, I grabbed one slice of bread. Usually people take, you know, the bag of bread, but I just went and got one slice out of it. And I just started walking to the lakes with this one slice of bread. And so I'm walking on my prayer walk and I'm just holding this one slice of bread and I just start praying and I just start walking and talking with the Lord, holding this one piece of bread. Now, as a believer, if you're a Christian and if you're on a prayer walk and if you're holding one slice of bread, it, it doesn't take too long for the Lord to remind you that He is the bread of life, like Surely it wouldn't take that long, you know. So I'm like, oh, yes, Lord. Thank you for that reminder. Yes, you are the bread of life. Yes, thank you, Jesus. And I'm just walking with this one piece of bread going, thank you, Lord, that you are the bread of life. This is so cool. And I get to the pond and I get to the bridge and uh, I, I get to the top of the bridge and there was no ducks around. <laughs> but I've got this one piece of bread. And I just start breaking this bread over the bridge and I just start dropping it. And out of nowhere, this one duck just flies and just beelines that bread. He couldn't get there quick enough. Like I was like, whoa, whoa. And I think he flew about 50 metres from whatever bank he was on with his other, you know, friends Duck, duck friends, and he, and he just flew and he grabbed it and he, and he didn't just fly, he was walking on water when he got there and he just snapped it up. And I thought, and I was just staring at this duck and I was just dropping the bread and he's just like going bang, 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 eating this bread. 
And I looked at this duck and I thought to myself, man, you are a hungry duck. (laughs) You are a hungry duck. And I was thinking, does my hunger, like the Lord has just reminded me, I am the bread of life. In John 6, 3, it says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So I've just been kind of meditating on that to the walk, to the pond. I drop this bread, the duck snacks, snaps it up and I'm just looking at his hunger. And I'm like, does my hunger for the things of God look like that hunger? Does it look like that? And that's what I've been thinking about the last three weeks. Am am I hungry for God? Am I hungry for Jesus? Am I hungry for the bread of life like that hunger? Does it look like that? Because if I was to be completely honest, my hunger doesn't look like that. I don't know if you can agree if your hunger for God or if your hunger for Jesus looks like that hunger. But there are times in my life where my hunger does not look like that. And that's what I've been talking about with the Lord over the last couple of weeks. Hunger. Hunger. And then when I was just staring and looking at his hunger, I looked at the space of where he flew from. And he was over there and he got from there to there real quick. And I started looking at this space and I was like, if my hunger doesn't look like this hunger, then what, what, what's getting in the way? What's getting in the way of my hunger? What is, what is spoiling the appetite? What is spoiling my appetite for Jesus? What is spoiling my appetite for the things of God? What is getting in the way from there to there that's making my hunger not look like that duck's hunger? And this is what I've been praying about. This is what I've been asking the Lord about help with. This is what I've been repenting of the last couple of weeks. And I feel and I and I know that his word today he wants us to talk and he wants he wants to speak and he wants to show us things about our hunger for him. When we were in Japan this year, uh, we were travelling on a bullet train from where we were staying up to Tokyo. And Mark looked out the window and uh, out of the window there was this massive statue, Buddhist statue on the mountain range in the distance. I couldn't take a photo of it because we were travelling that quick. But I I found one that is in Japan um, and you can pop that up, Charlie. Um, But this is one that is in Japan. It's the top five um, tallest statue. And we saw this and Mark's like, Look at that big thing up on the mountain. Look at that big idol up on the mountain. 
And I was just out the window looking at it. And you know, it's really easy to be quick to judge and to, I don't know what your heart does when, when you see that, but I was on the train just looking out and I'm like, wow. And we can fall into the trap of so easily falling into judgment going, wow, like, how can they worship that? That's not Jesus. And when I was staring at it, I was like, you know what, that is so in your face. That is so visible, so visible, so in your face. And I looked at it and I was like, we have those things in our hearts. It's no different. Just ours is not visible. We have, we have things that's in your face, but I had things that is in your hearts and we can, we can look at that and, and pass judgment. The Bible says that the very first commandment when God spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai to go and tell the people was, you shall have no other gods before me. An idol like that in our lives, listen to what an idol is. Yes, an idol can look like that. But let me just share with you what an idol is. An idol is when something or someone becomes more important to us than God. So even good things can become idols when we make them the ultimate thing in our lives. Anything or anyone can become an idol if we place that value for that thing or person above our value for God. So in ancient times in the Bible, you do read, we read that they would look like bowing down to the golden, golden stuff, statue. We read that. And that is certainly an example of idolatry. But modern day idolatry looks different. It's common. It's still alive. Remember, anything that becomes more important to us than God is an idol. And if we are honest, our list here in in Brisbane is pretty long. Our physical appearance, our position or our title in our job, possessions, food, social media, sport. You know, even your children can become an idol. Even your wife can become an idol. Even your husband can become an idol. Even your mother can become an idol. Even your father can become an idol. Even the house you've lived in all your life can become an idol. When we've placed these things or higher than our love and our devotion and our obedience to God. So right now, I want us to give us a moment. The Lord just wants a bit of space to speak to you. And I'm going to just give him just some space. And I, if you want to just close your eyes together, I'm gonna, we're going to ask a question together of what I have been asking myself the last three weeks. And the question we are going to ask God together, if you'll do this with me, I'm not going to force you to do it. I would love us to ask God this question 
Are there any idols in my heart? Are there any idols in my heart? And show me what they are. Reveal to me what they are, Lord, in your kindness. Remember, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. He is not sitting with you today condemning you. He's just wanting to point out some things because he wants life and he wants life to the full for you. What are they, Lord? Show us. Because we've become quick to judge others and and slow to repent ourselves. And the Lord, I believe, is calling us to repentance of things that have crept in, things that have taken over and drawn us away from our first love. They've spoiled our appetites for the things of God. I just read a... um, a book, The Cross and the Switchblade. Has anyone read it? Yeah, it's an oldie, um, but I've never read it before. So I just read this, um, yeah, a couple of months ago. And I want to read you a story of one man's journey. He's a pastor and amazing, amazing story. And I encourage you to read the whole book. But I want to read you his journey with this. I rem- it was February 9, 1958. On that night, I decided to sell my television set. I got up and turned the knob but disappeared into a little dot in the centre of the screen. Remember when that happened? I still remember that little dot going into the screen. Kids, that's what happened. (laughs) I left the living room and went into my office and sat down in the brown leather swivel chair. How much time do I spend in front of that screen each night? I wondered couple of hours at least. What would happen, Lord, if I sold that TV set and spent that time praying? Well, I was the only one in the family who ever watched it anyway. What would happen if I spent two hours every single night in prayer? What an exhilarating idea. Right away, I thought of objections to the idea. I was tired at night. I needed the relaxation and change of pace. Television was a part of our culture. It wasn't good for a minister to be out of touch with what people were seeing and talking about. I got up from my chair and turned out the lights and stood at my window looking at over the moonlit hills. Then I put another fleece before the Lord, one that was destined to change my life. I made it pretty hard on God. It seemed to me because I I really didn't want to give it up. Jesus, I said, I need some help deciding this thing. So here's what I'm asking of you. I'm going to put an ad in the paper, there was no gum tree back then either. Um, and if you're behind this idea, let a buyer appear right away. Actually, I'll make it real hard for you. Let him appear within, within an hour. No, I'm going to make it harder for you. Let him appear with half an hour when the paper gets on the streets. When I told Gwen about my decision next morning, she was unimpressed. Half an hour, she said. Sounds to me, Dave Wilkinson, like you don't want to do all that praying. Gwen had a point. But I put the ad in the paper anyhow. It was a comical scene in our living room after the paper appeared. I sat on the sofa with the television set looking at me from one side. The children and Gwen look at me from another. And my my eyes on a great big alarm clock beside the telephone. 29 minutes had passed by the clock. Well, Gwen, looks like you're right. I guess I won't have to. The telephone rang. 
I picked it up slowly looking at Gwen. You have a TV set for sale, yeah? That's right, 19 inch, two years old. How much you want it for it? 100 bucks. I'll take it. You don't want to even come and have a look at it? No, no, I'll be there in 15 minutes. My life has not been the same since. Every night at midnight, instead of flipping some dials, I stepped in my office and I closed the door and I began to pray. And at first this seemed to drag and I grew restless. Then I learned how to make Bible reading a part of my prayer life. I'd never read the Bible right, right through and, and I learned how important it was to strike a balance between asking God for things and just thanking Him for things. What a wonderful thing it is to spend a solid hour just being thankful. It throws all of life into new perspective. After I read this book, I, I could not put the thing down. Nine hours it took me to read this book on a Saturday. I, I got no housework done. <laughs> I just said, I was about two hours in and I just said, Mark, sorry, nothing's happening today around the house. <laughs> Laundry's still gonna be there. House is gonna still look like this. I'm, I'm on this couch and I'm devouring this thing. Well, it was about 10 p.m. that night I finished up but I found myself in my studio myself just repenting and crying out to the Lord and asking Him for forgiveness of the things that have crept in to my world. And it's all different for each and every one of us. You don't have to, you do, ha- you do not have to go leave Hope Community today and put your TV on Gumtree. That's Dave Wilkinson's journey. We are all different. We are all different. But I'm praying, I've been praying that God will highlight what it is for you that takes your attention or what you've placed higher than your love for Him. That's what my prayer is today. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. In the natural, our appetite grows the less we eat, the less we eat. We get hungry by not eating. When I was a kid, if dinner was on the table at 6pm, I would hear mum say, don't have too much of that, dinner is nearly ready. That's because my mum didn't want me to spoil my appetite for when she was, what she was planning to dish up for me. She wanted me to come to the table hungry. In the kingdom of God, it's flipped. In the spiritual, it's the opposite. You get hungry by eating. You get hungry by eating. Jesus is the bread of life in the sense that He nourishes people spiritually and satisfies the deep spiritual longing of the soul. He is the one to feast on. He is the one who fills us. And just like people eat bread to satisfy physical hunger and to sustain physical life, we can satisfy spiritual hunger and sustain spiritual life only by, only, only by a right relationship with God. He is the one that we need to be filling ourselves up on. Because His glory, His presence does not even compare to the things of this world. 
doesn't taste the same, doesn't even match. Or maybe, or maybe you've come today and you're tired and you're worn out by trying everything under the sun. You've tasted the world. You've tried things and you're still feeling empty. That's because the things of this world will never, ever satisfy you. They will all, they will all come up short to His presence and to His glory. What this world offers will fail in comparison. Bill Johnson says, More can happen in one moment in His glory than a hundred moments anywhere else. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Come, come and feast on me. And when we get a taste of Him, we're changed people. We've been set apart for Christ. Jesus told His disciples, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. And that is why the world hates you. And when you have placed your faith and your trust in Jesus, you've been set apart for His glory, for His glory, to glorify His name forever. And when we come to see Jesus as more precious and more valuable and more beautiful than anything else, the result of our savouring is ultimately us, you and I, being transformed in the image of Christ. We become what we behold. We become what we behold and the more, the more we behold Christ, the more our language, the more our actions, the more our ways of living will reflect Jesus. The more we feed on Him, the more nourished and satisfied our soul will be. So what do we feed on daily? Is it, is it your worries? Is it whatever is happening in the news? Is it things that other people post up? Is it past regrets? Is it fears? Think about what you're feeding on. If you're Googling about your fears on the internet, well, the only thing that will happen is that will just ignite more fear. If you feed on social media for hours a day, it will feed more comparison. That is what feasting on the world looks like. And Nibbling on Jesus. But there is a better way. There is a better way. The true bread is a person, Jesus, and He is life. He is life. He's the giver of life. He's the sustainer of life. And we're invited to feed on His promises of the Bible. Grab one for your season Whatever season you're in now, find a promise of the Lord and feed on that. Feed on the stories about revivals of what He's done in the past and doing now and He can do again. Watch things that will ignite your passion and love towards Him. Hang around others who are hungry for Him because they'll make you hungry for Him. Listen to testimonies to ignite hope 
and build your faith. Help us hunger for the things of you. We want more of you, Lord. I want more. And my prayer since seeing that duck on the lake is, Lord, increase my hunger. Increase my hunger for more of your glory. Make me hungry, Lord. Make me hungry, Lord. Jennifer Miskoff in her book called Fasting for Fire, this is what she says. In my studies of revival history over the last several decades, the number one attribute that is present in the beginnings of all, almost every revival I've looked at is hunger. I discovered that hunger was the strongest component that initially stirred people to pray, position themselves and press in and be desperate for a move of God. And this hunger was first stirred up in their own lives, which later became catalytic for everyone around them. And we saw that at the Asbury Revival this year in the chapel service. A few students just hung around because they were hungry for more. And then it just blew out. Can we still be hungry after following Jesus for decades? Can we still be desperate for Him? Can we still long for Him? The answer is yes. Yes. God, increase our appetite and help us hunger and thirst and long for You and You alone. And help us get rid of the things that have come in to steal this time of feasting on You. Someone shared with me last week about a, a book they were reading called Atomic Habits and it talks about increasing fiction for the things that we need to get rid of to make these things hard for us to feed on. For example, he found that every spare moment during his working week, his, he asked his assistant to, to, he was looking at his phone and he just wanted to break that habit. So he asked his assistant to reset all of his passwords every Monday and on the Friday, she would send him new passwords. Extreme. But this gave him a whole week without this habit. And he found he got heaps more time for other things. And his words were in the book, after I removed the mental candy from my environment, it became easy to eat the healthy stuff. Jesus is the healthy stuff. He then also teaches to introduce a new habit. We got to make it easy. Do whatever you can to make feasting on Jesus doable and easier for you. You might enjoy listening to the Bible more than reading it if you aren't a reader. You might prefer doing a Bible app instead of a paper version. You might prefer reading it outdoors instead of indoors. You might just feel cooped up and you don't feel drawn to go and sit in an office. That's not you. Whatever it takes for you to create this new habit of feasting doable, attractive, and easy in your day. And start with committing five minutes. Give the Lord five minutes and it'll build up over time. You don't have to begin with two hours like in this book. Find what works for you and begin there. But I encourage you to daily feed on Jesus. It will transform you. Jesus continues in John 6 and says to the Jews, Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. So how can Jesus give us His flesh's bread to eat 
so we can live forever. You might be sitting there going, how do you do this? This is, how do you do that? To eat living bread means to accept Christ into our lives and become united with Him. And we are united with Christ in two ways. First, by believing in His life, death, the sacrifice of His flesh and resurrection. And His Word says in Romans 10 verse 9, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And the other is devoting ourselves to living as He requires, depending on His teaching for guidance and trusting in the Holy Spirit for power. We can devote time in our day to reading of His Word and Jesus, it's Jesus in print for it to renew our minds and challenge our hearts and transform us. And Dan preached about this two weeks ago, for the Word of God to guide you and to ground you. Band, you can come up here. I want to I leave you with this picture today because this is for some people here. Whoever this is, I've been praying for you. My favourite, my most favourite night of the week is Monday night. It's family night at our house and that means all of my family are at home on Monday night. I've entered the stage. I didn't think it would be this quick. I'm still raising my kids, but it's like they've become young ads like that and I've entered this new little season. They aren't at work. They aren't at friends' houses. They aren't here on a Wednesday night. They're not here on a Friday night. Everyone is home on Monday nights. It's family night. And we gather around our table. We gather around our table and we have dinner together. And there are seats around my table. I've got a picture. This is what my dining room table looks like. It's my most favourite piece of furniture in my whole house. And I'm gonna, you'll, you'll understand why, because you'll probably be thinking, what, really? It looks a little old. <laughs> we come around this table on a Monday night and sometimes my dad will be around the table on Monday nights. Sometimes my extended family will be around the table on Monday nights. Sometimes my brother and sister-in-law will come up on Monday nights and they'll be sitting around the table. Our share maid is around the table on a Monday night and we share a meal together. We read a devotional together and we're around this table feasting. God's table is much like this, but even better. Jesus died for you and for me, not only to warn us about missing the banquet, but to buy your seat at this table. To buy your seat at this table. You have a seat around His table, yours, for you. In our house, 
when people come over, they're allowed to scratch their name on the dining room table. This is why it's my favourite piece of furniture. My children have been told for many years, do not go to another person's house and scratch your name on their dining room table. But when people come over, if we remember, they start scratching their name on our dining room table and that table is filled with names. You might be sitting there going, yeah, that's my name. I want you to get this. This is a revelation from the Lord today and I'm praying, I'm praying that a miracle will happen in your spirit, that He will reveal this truth to you. You have a seat at His table with your name on it. Your name on it, it's there. He's got it around the table. There's so many seats with your name on it. And He's inviting you to come and have a seat. He's inviting you. He's not coming down the, oh, He's not coming over to your house, banging on the door, dragging you over to His house and forcing you onto that seat. That's not who He is. That's not His character. He's inviting you to come and pull up a seat where your name is and to come around the banquet that He has for you. This is who He is. And He's saying it's much better than all that other stuff. You come and pull up a seat at my table. Feast on me. Feast on me. Hunger and thirst for the things that I have for you. That other stuff does not compare. Some of that other stuff will bring, bring death. I bring life. Come and sit. And there's some other people in this room and you've taken up your seat decades ago, but you've walked away and you've, you've been feasting on the world. And He says, come back, come back today and come and take your seat around this table. What He offers for you is life and life to the full. He is a good God. That table is a safe place. He is a good Father and He wants the best for you. Come today, come and feast on Jesus. Come and feast on the things of God. Come and pull up your seat at the table. In this song, I want us to respond in three ways today. There's an invitation to respond in three ways today. The first one, if you wanna accept Jesus, if you wanna say yes, I, I wanna take my seat at His table. I wanna, I wanna sit down with Him today. Then we have got some prayer ministry team waiting for over. I've been praying for you this week. We have got some prayer ministry team waiting for you to come and pull up a chair. 
you know, part of me, I wanted to have a, t- a table down here, but I think this will be enough. Come. Come and pull up your seat. The second group of people, for those that have accepted Christ decades ago, and you've come today, the Lord's just drawn you here today and you've, you've walked away from it. Prodigals. And you've tasted the world and you're over it. There are some people here or listening online or will listen to this in the future and you're over it. It's not fulfilling you, it's not satisfying you and you're looking for, what is it? You're searching. The answer is Jesus Christ. He will sustain you, He will fill you. If that is you and you wanna recommit your life again, then you come down here and they would love to pray for you as well. Another way to respond is how I've been responding the last few weeks with the Lord. In repentance, in a crying out, God forgive me that that thing has crept back in. And the Lord is saying, give it up, break up with it and I'll show you the steps to freedom. And I pray that if you have felt that on your heart in this message, then you come over here and there's an opportunity to write that on the piece of paper and you're breaking up with it today. And you can put it in that bin and no one is gonna look at it. I'm gonna grab that thing after the service and I'm gonna throw it in the trash heap and pray. Jesus' name. His heart breaks. His heart breaks over you. He wants you. He wants you to come and and just be intimate with Him. That's His heart. Lord, make us hungry for You. Make us hungry for You. Stir up that hunger, Jesus. Father, forgive us when the things of this world have just come in and ruined our appetite. Father, You're showing us, God. You're showing us the next steps. God, release in fullness what You want to pour out today over hearts, Father, that today some people will never be the same again. That today some people will never be the same again. Thank You, Lord. Father, release life, God. Life, 
Father, anyone, anyone, Lord, struggling with suicidal thoughts or death, Father, release life over them. We break that in Jesus' Name and release Your life. You are alive. You are alive. Lord, come Holy Spirit. Come and speak to us. Come and pour out on us today. Thank You, Holy Spirit. We love You, Jesus. We love You, Lord. We want more of You. I want more of You. Come, come Holy Spirit. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.